Welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to empower the next generation of leaders through intentional mentorship. In this episode, we will be hearing from Christy Cheek. Now, before we get into this episode, there's a few things that you need to do. I want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen and make sure to follow us on social media. This way you can stay up to date on fresh content and brand new episodes. Christy Cheek is going to talk about digging up some grit, the importance of having intense determination, courage, resolve, and plain old grit to pursue excellence in your calling and area of ministry involvement. Christy Cheek is an excellent person to speak on this topic because she is a world-class mother and she homeschools both of her teenage sons. That takes grit. Christy also went to college for two years prior to getting married, worked in a doctor's office as a billing manager, then has been the world's greatest mom and minister's wife, according to her husband, Shane Cheek. I want to share this episode with you, and I can't wait, so let's jump in. Well, hello to you all, and what a beautiful, full of opportunity time to be born and to be useful. I'm just crazy in my thinking, but uh, if you think of all the previous decades you could have been born and all the places around the world that you could have been put, God specifically placed you right here, right now, to serve and to help his amazing people. I'm just in awe of God's goodness. It's really been a joy ride to be included with this uh, unique, organic team of leaders under the vision and direction of Brother and Sister Hughes. I I just want to say something about the Hughes and how much I admire them, because I do, and I love watching these two work together as a team. We've sat around many a discussion table, and I see the respect and the admiration uh, that they, they both have for each other, and they're passionate about what they're doing passionate about the kingdom, and I love that. They truly are great examples of what working in the kingdom together looks like. So sit up and take notes, next-gen leaders, because you're in really, really good hands. And so let's begin on this journey here with this podcast. Um, Whether you're in a form of leadership already, or maybe you're exploring some specific involvement in your church, or even just barely sticking your toe in, Um, I really do hope and I feel like these podcasts, the previous ones, the Hughes and the Sharps and my husband before, um, these are here to help and equip you. So if you haven't heard any of the others, please subscribe, listen. It's it's wonderful. All of them have been very, very good and helpful. And so please be mindful of that and add to your leadership. abilities here. So let's begin. Uh, My title is a little different, uh, Digging Up Some Grit. So what is grit? Grit, by definition, means courage and resolve. It's the strength of your character. A person with uh, true grit has passion and perseverance for their vision. So let's see what this looks like through the eyes of Scripture. In Judges chapters 6 through 8, it tells us a story about a man who was hiding from his oppressors. And so I would encourage you to read this story, uh, especially if you're struggling with fear, struggling with doubt, the calling of God, um, because God really shows himself 
as compassionate toward a little fear and doubt and unbelief here. And so I would encourage you to just read this story because I, I don't have the time to read all of it. But let's kind of go through some high points here. Um, it tells us a story about this man who's hiding from his oppressors. And he's so afraid that when the angel of the Lord appeared and called him a mighty man of valor in verse 12 of chapter 6, this man Gideon, he begins to argue with the Lord. He's questioning him. He's accusing God of forsaking Israel and giving them to the hand of Midian. And not only was he weak in faith, he also was demonstrating that he was a victim. God, you this isn't of you. You you would have you've forsaken us. You've left us. And so nonetheless, God said he would be with him. But Gideon says, oh, no, 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 God. See, I, I'm from the weakest tribe and 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 I'm I'm the low man on the totem pole. And I, I'm from a very poor, poor family in, in Manasseh. I'm the least. But despite Gideon's doubt and arguments, God still desired to use him. I would never suggest uh, or think it would be smart or wise to fleece the Lord. Um, his promises are yea, they're sure. Um, he is um, the almighty God and his word is true. But nonetheless, uh, Gideon, here he goes. He's going to fleece the Lord. And God had already made him promises and calling to him. But God was very, again, very patient. And even though there was so much fear to embrace the call that he was asking Gideon to do. So Gideon's journey of leadership begins. He finds 10 household servants to follow him to complete the first job he was given, and that was to tear down the altar of Baal. But even then, he had so much fear that he had to do that at night and hide the next day. And so when they came knocking on the door and they figured out it was Gideon, his father covered for him. But even though that triumph happened, it wasn't enough to validate in Gideon's mind his calling. So God begins to gather more men under Gideon's leadership. And now he decides that he needs more reassurance from God as he has all these men. And, and he lays out these fleeces before God to perform the due and the no-due to reassure that he is God and that he is almighty and would be exactly and do exactly what he said he would. So maybe God's patience was his grace extended to him because he was going to really require Gideon to lead uh, the most lopsided victory known to man. And you know the story. Some of you know the story. Some of you may not. And you can take from this story that God equips whom he calls. And in Judges chapter 7, as we move on through the story real quickly, after God has established these 300 men army, uh, we don't see that Gideon questions really again. But I'm going to read a verse that in, um, ch in uh, chapter 7, verse number 10, because he tells Gideon, you know, I'm fixing to give you the plan. I'm fixing to show you something. But in verse number 10, he says, but if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura, thy servant, 
down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward thou shalt thy hands be strengthened to go down into the host. Then when he de- went down with Pura his servant unto the house, outside of the armed men, they were in the host. So God said, if thou fear to go down, take your servant with you. Go listen. I want you to hide behind a tent. I want you to hear what's going on. I'm giving them a dream. You're going to get an interpretation of the dream. Gideon didn't know all the details. He knew that God was going to use him, but he still feared and he took his servant. It makes it very plain to see that Gideon's fear is still here. And and I understand that in leadership, there's a lot of fear and trepidation because, you know, we look at who we are and we know who we are, but everybody else doesn't. And so God was making these special provisions, even though he feared But verse 15 says, as soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, arise for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream, its interpretation, he worshiped and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, arise, go, we've got this. After hearing that, he was ready to lead. And thus begins the true grit leadership of Gideon. His fears not mentioned again, but I'm sure there were many times he feared as he was searching for the kings of Midian. And the Bible mentions several times of his exhaustion, yet still pursuing. And no doubt Gideon had to dig deep to lead this incredible miracle. But he was a changed man. God never leaves you the same. He never leaves you the same. I'm also reminding you of the story of Esther. She understood the importance of Mordecai's voice in her life at an early, early age. Little did she know that what she did in her youth was preparing her for the future. You see, her love, her respect, her obedience for Mordecai, it gave her the ability to be noticed by God. And to, and for him to use her to deliver his people from destruction. And we see these stories of obedience and perseverance. They're top requirements for the world-changing leadership that we need. And God will equip us. And now if you will allow me to be transparent before you and just kind of show you what this grit stuff means for me. Um, some of you may know. Most of you probably don't. I run. Okay. But this is not an enjoyable hobby for me. It's, it's not for a beauty pageant figure. It, it doesn't have quite a few, it, it, it doesn't have glamour to it. You're out there all alone, but it does have a few added benefits. And I want to talk about those. And most of those benefits, I had no idea of when I began this habit, good habit around the fifth grade. It's helped relieve stress. It gives me energy for the day. It clears the cobwebs in my mind. But mostly, and this is mostly, it's telling this controlling part of me called my mind, who's boss? You see, nine times out of ten, as soon as I start out on my journey of my run, um, my mind 
comes to me and says, uh, excuse me, lady, there, there's nobody chasing you back there. And I'm pretty sure there's no donuts at the end of this finish line. So, so what are we, what are we doing? It, it's, it's really no point. It reminds me, my mind reminds me of all the pains in my body. Um, it, it tells me it's too windy. It's too cold. There's no point. I need to stop, go sit on the couch, get some water. But, you know, these battles I choose because I know in about five minutes into this run, my mind goes back in a hole and hushes. And I say to myself, I'm in charge here and you're going to run. And if you don't hush, I'll make you run even longer. And fairly quickly, I begin to hear the birds singing. My aches and pains go away. And it really becomes enjoyable, but not until I conquer my mind. I have to dig up the grit that I already know is there because it's been there for a long time, but I have to access it to complete this task before me. And some would argue that this is not really a spiritual uh, benefit, but, but for me, it certainly is because for years, three to four times a week, I have had this conversation. It never goes away and I win. And as a young girl, I didn't really realize that developing this habit was going to help me through some of the toughest times of my life in understanding what true grit means. Um, about 10, 11 years ago, the Lord asked my husband and I to start a daughter work in a church in Owasso. And that, my friends, has been the toughest journey as of to date that the Lord has asked us to do. And although it has been an absolute life-changing journey for us, little did we know, wow, that starting this journey, we would um, be forsaken by friends and family. Some of the most important people in our lives would turn their backs. And, and that may happen. But what are you willing to do for the cause, for the sake of the kingdom, and you you could be cursed. We were cursed, shunned, scoffed, lied on, all while teaching Bible studies, Sunday school classes, encouragement, encouraging my husband, leading worship service, and loving and being a mom to my sweetheart homeschooled boys. And I always had to put on a positive face for every service, and sometimes I was crying deep down inside it was it's been a journey it has been a journey but even though inside i wanted to run away and hide god knew i needed his grace for the journey but i had to overcome the quit that was inside and i can testify that through it all his grace i'm telling you his grace is sufficient and now I can say it has been the hardest job, but it's been the most fulfilling times of our lives and our marriage. So when your back's against the wall and life's not always fair, don't run and hide. Grab a shovel and dig. Do something hard on a continual basis. And that's what's going to grow that grit. In this day and age, not only do we need a strong conscience, to do right and wrong, to do right, not wrong. But we need a, we need strong grit to show up and to be strong and to lead. Whatever your mind tells you that's demanding or grueling or fearful, that's what's going to grow that grit. 
you need. Maybe maybe it's starting or continuing a P7 group in your school or, or maybe teaching a Sunday school class, a Bible study or learning a new instrument, maybe reading more or journaling or writing a book. That one was for you, Sister Hughes. So all these things I just listed are going to take strong grit and determination to do them well. As Gideon, the story of Gideon shows us so plainly, 90% of this battle is in our mind. He already had been promised God would be with him. He'd already been given the enemy, but Gideon had to have several mental battles to be the leader God called him to be. He was mentally weak, and, and no one wants to follow a weak leader. But he became strong through God's grace and his perseverance. Let me ask you a question. What happens when you dig something up? Do you just get what you want? Does the roots come out clean? No, it comes out with dirt, maybe some worms, some grubs. So it doesn't come out perfectly clean. And so it is when you dig down deep and you find that grit for the journey you're on. Stuck to that grit is God's grace. God's grace doesn't show up when we give up. Merely it's waiting for us at the Red Sea. And there's nowhere to go. And you have nothing left. Or maybe as you sing songs locked with chains in prison, the ground begins to shake and the grace of God through the grit that you've dug up shows up. You see, God's not limited by your inabilities. He's only limited by your availability. So what are you going to do? Are you going to dig down deep and grab that grit that says there may not be donuts at the end of this finish line, but there's grace and peace and God and knowing in my gremlin filled mind that I'm doing God's will to the best of my ability. You see, the spirit of this age says to give up way too easy, way too fast. It says you don't have what it takes. It's too hard. Life's not fair. Even right now, my mind is telling me you don't have anything to say worth listening to. What you have to offer, what do you have to offer if they only really knew who you were? You don't study enough. Your name's not big enough. You don't have much bag. You have way too much baggage. You don't have enough education. You know what that is? That's white flag phrases. That's the enemy of your soul that's already been defeated. Instead of reaching for that white flag, leader, reach for the shovel and dig down deep to the grit and access that grace that is sufficient. You see, it never stops. It never stops. But I conquered this yesterday, and I'm going to conquer it again tomorrow. So don't quit. Don't give up. We need you. This kingdom needs you. You're enough. You're valuable. And I'm going to leave you with it. one last thing here. Just remember, with God, the impossible is going to be the probable. So go out there and dig up the grit to make it possible. 
I love you, believe in you, our prayers are with you, and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for listening to this episode. In our next episode, we'll be hearing from the Oklahoma Youth President, Derek Borders. Derek is a career youth minister, an assistant pastor, and is an excellent graphic designer. You do not want to miss what he has to say in this next episode. And like always, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to this podcast, and leave us a review wherever it is that you listen so that we can reach more people.